Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one unofficial Stranger Things podcast in the world. You love to hear it. In the world. You love to hear it. The universe. (laughs) (laughs) As far as we know, you know, we haven't explored the sea much. Well, well, let's say the Milky Way galaxy for sure. Mm -hmm. But not the Heath Park galaxy. I don't know. There's a pretty kick-ass Stranger Things podcast in Andromeda. So mm-hmm. fuck, they're fuck crushing guys, it out though. there. Yeah. They're crushing. They're like it out bleep there. blorp will, and it's like, oh, get it. <laughs> <laughs> but people love it. I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of our listeners that that lifted us up. You know, upon your shoulders, place the mantle on our shoulders. Right. I don't have any other uh, idioms. Place the sh- the the shawl around our shoulders. We don't have to stay with shoulders, Steve. We could. You could have just gone anywhere else. Put the hooks in our shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> they, they rested the laurel on our shoulders. The laurels go in your head. Well, I'm saying they put it on our shoulders. Oh, that that, that time, yeah. Put okay. their head regardless our shoulders. <laughs> regardless, thank you so much because uh, we have succeeded. We're we're among among the stars, as it were, and we hope that we don't let you down. We've got a very special episode planned for you here today. Uh, we 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 did a, a guest appearance, right? We got some friends coming over from the Raiders of the Lost podcast. James and Anthony stopped by digitally, of course, of, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the fact that they're from Boston, maybe. <laughs> they got in the car. Yeah, they drove all the way over here, uh, and we had a good a good long talk with them about Stranger Things, of course. And uh, we're grateful for that. They were very gracious enough to stop in. They're consummate professionals. We had a great chat. So look forward to that. Um, As always, uh, you can email us at any time by writing it to streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Keep them coming. We got a ton of great emails again. So many. Even after the mailbag number two. And I've, I've been trying to answer them personally. Uh, and I'll get back to that after we stop recording because mm-hmm. I love talking to you guys. That's very fun. Yeah, and real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Chris because if listener, ninety nine percent of the email replies come from Chris. Oh, they know and- I put best Chris. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if you're like, I, I wrote those guys on Monday and they haven't gotten back to me yet. Well, Chris is going to get to you, and mm-hmm. we've actually been so blessed that so many people have written, and it's been quite a quite a task like you worked what three hours today just mm-hmm. answering emails so. yeah, and our listeners are smart yeah some good stuff We're coming smart. in you know different uh different perspectives and things that i hadn't thought of and it's actually quite a pleasure to entertain different ideas about what might be to come or different takes on things that we've seen already um so keep them coming we very much appreciate that you can also follow us on social media uh on twitter at stream thing pod that's twitter.com slash stream thing pod you can follow us on our personal twitters our, our twats if you will uh, i am at movies are therapy well my twat is at andy most days uh you can find my twat at steve may 13 that's right that's you can find that he's also on OnlyFans at steve may 13 yeah it's all feet for <laughs> <laughs> new patreon level uh so yeah that that's one thing you can do and also you can subscribe to our patreon and a variety of tiers for different rewards uh we're thinking about different rewards and, and reworking that soon so stay tuned but Steve's we have some, feet yes that'll be the hundred dollar tier uh for those of you in the thanks mom tier get ready <laughs> for nine little piggies going to market that's right nine <laughs> Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash streaming things. That's patreon.com slash streaming things and help support the show because we've got big, big plans coming up for how to continue this thing yeah. beyond Stranger Things. What are we going to do between four and five seasons, four and five of Stranger Things? Well, lots of stuff. We we got tons of movies coming out. All of the movies of yesteryear to review individually. Maybe you'll have the power to tell us to review something, to do a big deep dive on your favorite movie. Maybe you'll have that power on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're going to talk about House of Dragon. Maybe Westworld. Maybe Rings of Power. Maybe maybe other stuff. Maybe Friends season three only. Yeah, I don't know. Just season three. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could be. That's a total, that's a total Monica move, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, so I'll look forward to all of that. But we need as much support as you can muster, even though you've done a great job already. And if, you know, Patreon's not on the cards, maybe it's a maybe it's a global recession right now. Maybe gas is over five dollars a gallon in the U.S. Maybe that's the truth. And you could actually support us for free by rating and reviewing the podcast uh, wherever you're listening to this. Five stars helps a bunch because there's a lot of podcasts out there. It helps other people find us and we appreciate that as well. You can also support us by writing in and letting Andy know where he can get the best Heath Bar deals. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> if you can beat a dollar because uh, that's where we're currently at, then he would love to hear that. I mentioned earlier that I was answering a ton of emails and by far the most consistent email was people yelling at Steve with or without knowing it that Lisa Frank was the artist behind the uh, the folder and trapper keeper art that we were trying to think of last week. I love that so many people reached out to this because listener. We have been doing this show since 2017. It's not a secret, but there have been so many times where it's like, uh, I vaguely remember something. I can't remember what it is. Listener, write in and let me know what it is. And I don't really, no one really responds. The crickets don't even respond. The crickets, yeah, they're just like, I'm out. I don't know. (laughs) But this week, guys, I think we got maybe 40 emails slash tweets of people just in all caps. That's Lisa Frank! (laughs) And it was like, it was great. I fucking loved it. So we thank you guys so much for doing that. Inundated with support for Lisa Frank, uh, which we should have known because actually Dr. Brenner was one of the he, he called in and he said that he was a big fan of Lisa Frank. Is that true? Yes. When you were talking about it, you said I, I wasn't in the room. Right. But I, I go to work every day at the at the place in Hawkins that I work at. Mm-hmm. And I have my trapper keeper. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a Lisa Frank original. If, if you, I'm showing the boys right now, listener. That is beautiful. Yes, it's a there's a blue dolphin, and it's come it's swimming in the ocean. There's a little sea turtle. I call him Twelve. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. But it's I love it. It's got Velcro. It's very hip. The kids love it. I don't let them play with it though because my notes are in it. Yeah, right about them. Doctor Brenner, yes. did Lisa Frank paint the Rainbow Room? It's great that you asked that, Andrew. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She was busy. That would have been wonderful, though. If she painted the rainbow room, there'd be far more fish and <laughs> sea, sea turtles and <laughs> aquatic things. The children would have been happier, for sure. And that's not my goal. <laughs> Clearly, that's true. No. That's true. But we just wanted to let you guys know that Dr. Brenner was a big fan of Lisa Frank. We appreciate all of you writing in. Let's get to our talk with the legends, the Raiders of the Lost podcast. James and Anthony. All right, folks, as promised, we've got some very special guests here this week. We've got the Raiders of the Lost podcast uh, here with us to talk about our beloved Stranger Things. I'm sure you're familiar with their work, but just in case you aren't, I was going to allow them to talk a little bit about themselves, introduce themselves. How are you guys doing? Great. Anthony here. How's it going, everyone? James here. Thanks so much for the invite, guys. It's so fun to be here. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. Uh, Our listeners can't see you. We're not doing video content yet, but they're uh, identical twins. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yep. Identical. Five minutes apart. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys have that weird identical twin uh, sharing each other thoughts thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of weird questions from people. People ask us if we uh, share girlfriends. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, that's number one question. People ask if we can read each other's minds, if we can feel each other's pain, and it's all bullshit. <laughs> None of that happens, huh? I was going to say that'd be a cool Stranger Things themed ability. Right. It would, yeah. Do you ever find yourselves, like, you, you both go to a movie theater, you watch an awesome movie, and you just lock eyes at the end of the movie, and you both are like, yeah, I agree. So, you know what, that happens? We, no, that, we actually hold hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we sit in the opposite ends of the, the theater. Yeah. <laughs> but we, but um, we, we saw a bad movie recently, and we both just, like, kind of glanced at each other. Yeah, like, we have that smiled. thing, but it's not from being a twin, I don't think. I think it's from knowing somebody so well and spending so right. much time with them. You know, I think a lot of married couples experience that, or a lot of really great friends experience stuff like that you like you know how they're gonna react when someone says something or yeah. from a specific movie so it's more of that than anything and also we kind of get a, we get a lot of double takes when we're out in public and we just went to europe and everywhere people were just like staring at us and doing double takes so that's Do you ever mess with like, people like go in one at a time and then honestly oh, no, that'd be no, fun that'd yeah. be fun to do. anthony's not a very mischievous guy so no. and i was <laughs> when we were kids i was uh i was afraid of getting into trouble i always wanted to do the yeah. pranks and stuff like that so i was, I was like whatever i was getting two shoes but it would happen by accident. Have you guys ever seen The Prestige? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 20 times. 30 times. Come yeah, on, man. That could be yeah, you. Absolutely. 
You could do this, yeah. kind of Which one's in the tank? You spent a fortune. A fortune. <laughs> Alfred Boyden over here. You've done terrible things, Alfred. Robert. 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 You've done terrible things. I'm Love still. I'm still thinking about. You said people always ask you if you share women, and I was thinking that's the number one who, question. Who yeah. asks that? Where at the grocery store? I, guys, all always kinds ask of that. no. It's guys and girls, girls ask girls it too. Ask that, yeah. But it's the number yeah. one question. It's really weird because not only is that gross and disgusting, uh-huh. but like uh-huh. you'd have to be. Like to to date someone and and sleep with their twin and not know it's the person you're dating. Like, where or are be you? the twins and do that knowingly? How do you let that, that happen? It's very unethical and it's really pretty gross. messed up. But, really but oftentimes people are very disappointed when we say no, which yeah. is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, why not? It's a perfect opportunity. Come to on, your man. girlfriend. There's plenty of girls out there. You could find a girl girlfriend. <laughs> I think I could. I think but... tw- twins are just high fiving the back. How is Lucy, man? Like, <laughs> did she do that thing? <laughs> messed, messed up messed up questions well we're not I'm gonna cross that question off the list <laughs> that was your lead in whoops uh, so Stranger Things have you guys been a fan of the show uh, since its inception what is your relationship to the property any you know anyone Either of you take Absolutely. it Absolutely. We started our show, Raiders of Lost Podcast, in 2020 during COVID, but we've been watching Stranger Things since day one, as soon as it dropped, and every time it gets released. We don't spend the entire first day watching every episode, but we watch it really quickly. We're huge fans of the show. I think I've been through the entire series twice so far, except for I've only watched season four, volume one, once, but I love the show because of all the the references to Steven Spielberg movies and right. 80s horror movies and 70s horror movies. So I think they, the Duffer brothers have done a great job creating this new original property, but also referencing everything, that, everything that's gone into the horror genre and sci-fi genre to make it so great over the years. Yeah, I, I've always really liked the show. I thought it was a really genius concept, and the Duffer brothers pulled it off with great direction and good writing. The characters are awesome, but it taps into that thing that Spielberg always pulled off really well of like having kids are involved with these crazy extraordinary circumstances, whether it be uh, E.T. or like Poltergeist and uh, all these Steven Spielberg movies, Stephen King movies and books. And so I really think that the, the glue of the movie and the heart of the show and the heart of the show is like the kids, you fall in love with them, you follow them everywhere. And I really love the aspect of the blending of genres and storytelling devices. It's just, they do a great job with it. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest reasons the show does so well is because it taps into all of these other fandoms and people like us that just love movies and TV. Uh, we get to like have an extra fun time finding these threads and stuff. So awesome. Awesome stuff. They're going to have to end. That's why they're ending it next season because there aren't kids anymore. We got yeah, yeah, to yeah. jump and deal with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But before we get too much farther, as I alluded to, we have some Mad Libs to get into. So Steve, take it away. We're going to let the Raiders of the Lost podcast build this week's Mad Lib. Let's do it. James, Anthony, are you ready to give me the word so that I can put the pen to the paper and craft a story? So, so ready. Should we go one one after another? Yeah, yeah that's what alternates yeah. the best way. And let me give you some advice as somebody who's done this about 10 times. You will be shocked and ashamed at how quickly you will forget any word. Right. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> He'll say. Oh yeah, noun. being on the spot for things that you are confident in, you just your mind goes blank. Sometimes. He'll say noun, and I'll just be. And I majored in English in college, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> what is a noun? <laughs> shit. <laughs> so don't worry about that. Cool. All right. So this week's Mad Libs is titled "Will the Wise's Campaign Guide." First up, I need an adjective. Juicy. Exclamation. Wow. Straight to the point. I love it. Verb. <laughs> Soldering. <laughs> Adjective. Uh, unscrupulous. And I am spelling it perfectly. I need a noun. Scooter. N- another noun. Baseball bat. Adjective. Colorful. <laughs> you want to sound smart, but like you can't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Last week I asked for an adjective and uh, Chris straight up gave me an, uh, an adverb. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Uh, plural noun. Sheeps. Sheep. Is there, is there an S in there? It's just sheep. Sheep. Just sheep. Yeah, sheep. A verb ending in I-N-G. Parachuting. <laughs> adjective. Hot. What was it? Hot. Like hot. Hot. Oh, hot. hot. Sorry, from Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the Boston. Yeah, it's wicked That's how hot. we say the O. Hot. hot. The K. <laughs> I thought for a second you were saying hut. Like, yeah, that's usually what people say. That's usually what people say. As in pizza the. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I need a verb. Searing. <laughs> or to sear. Yeah, to sear. Uh, noun. Rug. Part of the body. Pinky toe. Plural noun. Vespas. Back to scooter. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking around their room at just at the scooter and a baseball bat. <laughs> That's how I play. It says a place, but plural. Hockey rinks. I also need a plural animal. Zebras. That's what I thought. Oh my, are we twins? Whoa, I think, I think you are. so. <laughs> Go talk to talk to our mom. <laughs> noun. Confetti. Mm. And last but certainly not least, a plural noun. Lollipops. Lollipops. That's some Christopher Lee from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes this segment of Will the Wise's Campaign Guide. If you, listener, want to hear what the story is that they have crafted, stay tuned for the end of the episode to find out. Absolutely. Like it. Nailed it, so, guys. So and fun. your first yeah. time. And you didn't seem to be looking around the room at things too much. Like, I always... I'm like, uh, uh, flashlight. <laughs> My favorite soldering was a great, soldering yes. was great. Soldering was a good yeah, one. Yeah. That was awesome. You, you showed us how to do it. You showed yeah. us how to do it. So, really wise. What do you think? Uh, and you can include season four, I think not quite maybe, but what do you think your favorite season of the show is? What do you think's the, and you can answer that however you want. Most well-crafted, you know, most personal to you. I would say season one is my favorite. Um, and season four has been a, a really good improvement on the last two and has been surprisingly good. And I just think the first season, uh, the Duffer brothers tapped into like this special idea and concept. I think the kids are just awesome and really make the show. The cast, uh, the horror element, I think they really pulled off well. I think it's the best and scariest season, even including season four. I think number one is the scariest. And also, Eleven was just a really fun surprising character to see in a TV show and Millie Bobby Brown does a great job playing her and I think that the relationship between the kids really seals the deal for that season. Yeah, I think season one for me as well is my favorite and I think it's also probably maybe the scariest season as well. The horror is so well executed and I just love that the kids were the main characters. Not that I don't love how the progression and there's so many main characters now, but I feel like they're leaning more towards the older kids are kind of taking over the leads of the show besides Eleven still there. But like I think like Will, Lucas, and, and, Mike. and Mike are kind of backseater characters nowadays, whereas you can say Dustin is more of a main character in the fourth season so far out of the three of them. Eleven's still heavily prominent, but now we have Max as well. I just think the original the, the original crew, those five, the five people, the five members of the crew were so much fun to watch when Eleven's getting acclimated to their little group, and it's just so much fun. But I think every season's great. I think sec, I'm, the third season's probably my second favorite so far. Let's go. But I'm really, I'm really enjoying the fourth one, though, as well. Yeah. I think they're doing a great job with this one, too. The production mm-hmm. is off the charts this year. It's insane mm-hmm. how much it's improved, and they're put $30 million per yeah. episode. It's insane. Money's on the screen. And I, I love the new directing style that they've done in season four with like the cross cutting, but also when they're cutting from one shot to another, they're usually they're usually blending, blending yeah. the shots together. It's really creative and interesting. They really planned it out. Uh, James Anthony, I just recently listened to your most uh, scary scenes and movies episode that you did on your podcast last week. Thanks. Um, and you mentioning season one is the scariest of the four seasons of Stranger Things. I wanted to ask, you know, is there a particular scene or moment that you can point to as like an example of this is why I say that this season's scarier than say season four, which is definitely, you know, taking a lot of inspiration from like Nightmare on Elm Street and like mainstream horror film. I would say the introduction to the Upside Down. Um, it was a really terrific concept, and also the the first scenes with the Demogorgon, uh, especially that first kill in the swimming pool, and then the finale when the Demogorgon is in the facility. I think that uh, seeing the monster for the first time and also experiencing the mystery and suspense of the Upside Down and the black space, I can't remember what that's called, that L goes into. I the in-between. In between, thank yeah. you. The in between. That's just what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think those are great, uh, thrilling, and scary concepts that were because we had never seen them before. Uh, I l- love that aspect to the fear. Yeah, I think the concept yeah. of the Demogorgon was so terrifying until we, fi- and then we finally got to see the Demogorgon and all the sequences with Joy communicating with Will and the Upside Down with the lights and everything. So I think what Anthony said in terms of it being the first time, our first exposure to the Upside Down, I think that's what made it so thrilling and exciting and, and scary versus, you know, we're on season four 
we're seeing new things for sure, but we've been to the upside down so many times where we're expecting to be there. Whereas the first time we're like, what is the upside down? Where are we? Just the setting itself of the upside down is terrifying. I think Vecna's new little red area is really interesting as well. Like we've seen, they're, they're I think they're more like going gory with yeah. the new season, which they kind of have the to. The kills are great. Yeah, the so kills this, are the great. fourth season's been really great. Yeah. I still like the third season. Um, and the whole invasion of the body snatchers concept and all that. But I think mm-hmm. that just the first one, the newness of it and, and the freshness of the idea is what made it so scary. I could see that. I, I You know, it's it's the mystery itself. You don't know what's going on. You know, that's mm-hmm. classic horror. Um, like they're, you know, at, at some point they're going to jump the shark, right? But in the beginning, you're just like, you're so intrigued and confused that that adds to the thrill for sure. I've always yeah, been a purist. Speak. I love season one. Andy's actually uh, number three. Season three is my favorite. It, it, they had the most fun. And uh, yeah, that, season that, three that, rocks. Yeah. It, I the, also think uh, that season three eliminating L's powers for the end was a really much needed uh, story device. Absolutely. They needed yeah. to. They Season two felt very much like a uh, let's do the same thing again, but a little yeah. bit bigger. And uh, mm-hmm. so three, it felt like they actually got their footing as far as like, OK, how do we take what was a novel, fun concept and move on with it instead of trying to, uh, you know, try do bigger, better every time like sequels tend to do. Uh, and so it felt like they really established themselves with season three and just the dynamic that we had with Hop and Joyce and stuff. It was so much fun then. And it makes it harder this season because it, it got a lot more bleak uh, between the two of them and just like their stories in general. But yeah. uh, I'm also like the resident horror fan um, amongst our group here. And so season four has been absolutely crushing it for me. Uh, like the, the severe body horror that we're getting. And you were talking about like the first kill with the Demogorgon and how, uh, how scary and awesome that was when we got to see the Demogorgon like really let loose in, uh, this, uh, towards the end of this season, like that was fucking awesome. I had a great time with that. Yeah, I I agree. The production value again is just taking the horror to a new level. I mean, even just Vecna, the design of Vecna being practical makes it so much more exciting and thrilling. It's like obviously Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger are the inspiration behind Vecna. And I just love how they're just playing with the completely melted body, but in a different way from the lightning from when Vecna went into the upside down and everything. So I think the practicality and the huge budget is really just improving the horror so much more. I agree with you. I'm really, really excited to see where they go with it for sure. Speaking of which, I got a couple questions. Things that have been bouncing around our show the last few weeks. We get tons of emails about it. I know it's the online discourse is running amok. Could you say it's running up that hill? <laughs> it's running up the hill, if you will. Uh, we all think someone's going to die, right? And me personally, I, I think it's necessary, right? I think leading into season five, uh, we've got this shtick, right? The Duffer brothers tend to bring in a lovable uh, character, and then kill them off the same season that they enter. Uh, we, we've seen it with Bob Newby. We've seen it with Alexi. Um, it's, it, that's their whole thing, right? And so that's why I think Eddie is actually safe because we can see that coming from a mile away. They would, I don't think they would do that again. I got more faith in them than that. So the, the way to up the stakes to get us truly scared in these scenes of peril for our main cast is to kill one of them. Because then all the other ones are on the chopping block. It, become, it ups the ante, right? I think that's the smart thing to do. And I think that's what they're heading for. With that in mind, who do you think you expect to lose by the end of uh, Stranger Things 4 Volume 2? I was if actually anyone. thinking. I was thinking about that today because they said that they this is like going to be a Game of Thrones style season, meaning obviously they're going to kill at least one person off. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of who it was. And I think for me, it's probably between Steve and Robin. I think Nancy's safe out of all of that older group duo. I think, like you said, Eddie would be the obvious choice. So let's keep him around. I think maybe Steve dying for Dustin or dying for Nancy and Jonathan, something like that. And I think like someone like Hopper is completely safe because he's a fan favorite. But also, what's the point of him surviving all this horrible stuff to just die at the end of the season? Obviously, maybe to save Eleven or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it's probably going to be, in my opinion, either Steve or Robin because they're very likable and everyone loves them. But I think that's what was so surprising with Game of Thrones is they kill people you don't expect to kill. So I think like a Robin or a Steve would be an unexpected kill. Yes, that's a good pick. I, I think that they definitely need to kill someone because then it adds the stakes of the audience believing that everyone's at risk. So I think you're right. Someone has to die. I would go with someone within the original group of kids. So I would guess maybe, I would say Will might, might uh, bite the dust this season. Ooh, you think I so? Think it, I, I think it should be one of the kids. Oh, I I agree with you. And I've read uh, a lot of emails and there's been quite a few. I don't know if you guys saw them. There's a lot of people that think Will 
is going to go or even, and I hate this theory and I'm sorry to any listeners. It's nothing personal. I hate the idea uh, that will might turn evil somehow like that's somehow yeah, he's just been being tortured nonstop yeah and, and now has nothing to do except uh come out as gay <laughs> yeah uh, is likely what we're leading up to for him to then be bad and die like <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, yeah that's like hamlet level tragedy that's, that's why hardcore. i think that's why i think will is safe because the first two seasons they just beat the shit out of will <laughs> And he's a nice kid, like for no reason, right? And he then is. that's why I think he's kind of been sidelined as a character because the Duffer brothers realized we can't keep doing this to Will. And then they kind of didn't know what to do with him then, right? And so in season three, he's almost, you know, not even present. He's a you he's know, a he's, third wheel. He, he feels his yeah. neck a couple times. That's it, right? He's got the tingle. <laughs> yeah, he, the, we call the Will tingle here on streamer <laughs> streaming things. Um, but somebody posited in a recent email that it would be Mike. And, uh, and we don't, I'm not a fan of Mike. I think- Mike sucks. So, <laughs> oh really? Did he's you like Mike in season player. one though? I did. I did. That's, that's season, the, that he's one of those characters that they've kind of just there's written been in the a background. Few, a few moments in season two, it picked up, and I don't remember exactly when, but I was like, I don't know if I'm really feeling Mike anymore. He was just kind of. I don't know. He was just kind of whiny. He's being a miserable fuck. Yeah. That's what Mike is. All of season three, there is not a more miserable person on this planet than Mike And then he's so Wheeler. rude to Hopper in season three. Yeah. There's that scene where Hopper comes in and he tries to talk to him in Eleven emotionally. And that's not Hopper's strong suit. And Mike's like giggling and whispering to Eleven. Uh, and I just hated that scene because they're trying to play on like... Adolescent kids are dicks, right? Like this, yeah, this is yeah. realistic. Except that Hopper and Mike are trauma bonded. They fought monsters together. And like the whole notion that Mike would just be so dismissive and rude to this guy after all they've been through together. I've always hated that. And I've taken that rage out on Mike ever since. <laughs> and so I think it would be great if you want him to <laughs> He was my favorite character in the first season. He was kind of the lead of the show exactly. besides Eleven, yeah. you know what and, I mean? And, and I, I, and I don't say, really like what they've Finn done with Wolfhard him. I would got the most like, work from the show, too. Like, yeah, you know, for he sure. He's, he's blown up. And then um, and then season four, I, I mean, I kind of like what they've done with him, I guess, to I improve like him. Any, but yeah. I don't like how... When Eleven got bullied at the roller rink, he just like let it happen. Like, what kind yeah. of boyfriend does yeah, that? Dude. I don't feel like season one Mike would have let that happen. And then they set all this up to where he can't say I love you in the letters. Because yeah. She implying that she doesn't have her powers anymore and he's kind of a shallow douche about it. Implying that. Yeah. Not, not, and then he has some good moments with Will privately once Eleven's gone that redeem him. Uh, there's one episode where I'm like, Mike's okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think honestly, like objectively, Mike would be the most shocking, probably. Um, like think you took, you killed Mike. Um, and I would, I would like that to happen. So there's a two, <laughs> it's a two, it's a two satisfaction thing. element is the most important for you. Yeah. You're going to feel like such an asshole when part two drops and those two episodes like redeem Mike's character. Like he does a 180 where it's like, Oh, Mike's so cool. Now he's he the first superpowers. person to get pogs. He's the coolest guy on the show. <laughs> well, I don't know how Vecna would get Mike because he feels no guilt over anything. He's a complete <laughs> asshole. So I don't know. He'd be untouchable. Uh, the one cop is the only untouchable one. The yeah. fucking sociopath yeah. with the mustache. Callahan, yeah. Uh, it, so like screenwriting 101, the idea is always to establish a goal and make it as hard as possible to get there. And so uh, you, you, you need to take somebody away that matters. And so uh, it would be really interesting to lose somebody like like Dustin, who uh, he's always the one that he's right on the money and he can point and say, this is what is happening, what we need to do. And, you know, they're making a joke about it in this new season where it's like this kid needs to get his ego in check because he he is the one that's able to point and, uh, you know, lead, lead the party where they need to go and kind of handhold the viewer in a way and explain things to us. And so to take something like that or even 11 off the board would uh, be pretty uh, ballsy. Oh yeah, that would be two balls. Eight, fact, I don't opinion, think you could take eleven out. Yeah, she, she's she the really show. is the yeah, show. Eleven is the yeah. show. I think. Yeah, I, I would be shookish if either of them. And um, Millie's the Millie's the best actor in the entire show. You think so? Yeah, I think so. We've always thought Noah Schnapp, yeah. the dude that plays Will, is uh, just on another level. Season oh, he's, two. He was actually in a great movie with Michael Shannon before Stranger Things, um, and he's a t very talented actor. He's a great child actor. But I think Millie Bobby Brown has an uh, incredible resource of raw What is he in? He's talent. not in Midnight Special, is he? Midnight Special, yeah. That's him? Yeah, that's him. Wow, I, I must have watched that before Stranger Things and then just yeah. never thought about it. That's crazy. Yeah. 
I just want to really good back the tape on Andy saying, calling uh, Noah Schnapp the dude who played Will. That's right. That's a factual descriptor. That's a descriptor. Facts are facts, guys. I'm going to throw one person in the ring because I've heard no one bring this name up. What about Lucas? What about Lucas? I mean, yeah, I guess. It's possible. It, yeah. Anything's possible. I, I, think I don't it's, think they'll the, count any of the kids off. I don't think so. They should. I think you're right, but I think they should. I think that, yeah. that would be the biggest one. Well, that's just because you hate kids. No. <laughs> no. The front runner, front runner online is Steve. Um, and the more I've thought about it, the more I think that that's likely to happen. It does seem like the most likely. Because, yeah. if you, you know, going into this season at, on our discussions on this show, I'd always said, I think it's Nancy because they're setting up this whole, like Eddie pulling Steve aside saying, hey man, you got to get your girl back. Um, all these things, right? And it's like, to me, I thought I saw a writer trying to make it extra sad when you lose a character. Yeah. Um, and that works. Everything I said applies also to Steve. And I was like, thinking about this last night like oh shit there's not a single piece of evidence about nancy dying that doesn't also apply to steve but even better because if if nancy dies you've got an uncomfortable like fridging of the character present you know perhaps with that writing uh like oh nancy dies so it motivates steve more you know, that's just not not that doesn't look good and i think if you kill robin you've got bad optics as well like you just oh you pick the queer the openly queer character that's great you know so i think that that I really think Steve is is on the chopping block and he's such a fan favorite that that would be like they could relish in the devastation of that. <laughs> I think Nancy would actually be a good pick because she really has been the driving force of solving a lot of the issue, the problems. Yeah, if you're talking about taking and somebody you, valuable yeah, off the board. She's like the MVP of the group for season yeah. four for sure. Except she's for like 11. She is really like the MVP handling everything. So if she's gone, it could be like all hope is lost. And also making that reconnection with Steve and her, it could be a big hit to Steve if she dies when they're beginning to rekindle the romance they once had. But I also think if you eliminate the strongest player, as in Nancy, that might be a great dramatic element. Yeah, I think I think what's obvious with season four is they're turning Nancy into the series lead almost, kind of like an Ellen Ripley character. That's like what I'm seeing with, with her so far. And the trailer for the next one, her like busting stuff up with guns, it looks like. So I think they're going... Ellen Ripley-esque with Nancy. I, don't, I think she's safe, and she's kind of going to be the lead for this entire season, really, until Eleven shows up and starts doing superpowers. I would stuff. love to see Natalia Dyer with, like, a shaved head and a tank top yeah. and, <laughs> and a shotgun and a cigarette in the next season. <laughs> I don't know how we can get there. We got two episodes to get there. We need a flamethrower. In, in, the, in the metal, the robotic loader, her and that versus Vecna. <laughs> but I think there is, I'm, that's funny you say that. There is a flamethrower, if you remember. Um, okay, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Is it Yuri? I mean, the, the loader, the loader. Oh, okay. Yeah, the giant. Yeah. The exosuit. <laughs> the exosuit thing. Yeah. I don't know if we can but, get um, there. But we do have a flamethrower in Russia. Yeah, I think it's Steve. I think it's going to be Steve. And then they've got that like festering wound. He's got a terrible wound. And I think they're trying to set up, the, they're trying to hide it with a love triangle potential with with Jonathan when he comes back. I think they're they're trying to hide it with the love triangle to make it seem like, yeah. oh, they're gonna we're going to do this, but he's going to get axed. For sure. That brings up my next point. I don't know if you guys heard this, but well, hold on. I'm sorry. What's a character you want killed, though? We, we know you want. We know Just you Mike. want Mike killed. Just Mike. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't mind Jonathan dying. Yeah. At all. yeah. <laughs> that, honestly, that wouldn't make me too sad. I, I, I would feel like nothing changes in the show. <laughs> it's funny does. that you say that because I think Charlie Heaton is another one of the strongest act performers on the show, in my opinion. Um, mm. Like we had always talked about, Millie Bobby Brown, Charlie Heaton, and Noah Schnapp being the strongest. Like actors like given given that they're all these wild performances except for like season one Winona writer um but you're right Jonathan has become this like uh uh my wife puts it because uh, we we did this stupid game where we put all the characters into Hogwarts houses and uh my wife's a huge Harry Potter fan and she's like I think Jonathan's a Slytherin he reminds me of like a young Severus Snape and the more I've thought about it like that is totally what he's like. He's this awkward, like lovesick, like socially weird, outcasted, like good person. Um, but it's just interesting what they're doing with him. And now he's just high all the time. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I get. But uh, hey, that describes Harry Potter, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It does. It does. <laughs> for sure. Um, so the, the, the Duffer brothers have confirmed that season five will have a huge time jump. Have you guys heard this? Yeah. No, I haven't. 
So yeah. there's there's typically about six months between seasons. Uh, we didn't get to talk about this last week on the show, but they're talking about years, like a major. And I'm so excited for this for multiple reasons. It'll catch up in the aging of the the, kid, the child actors, right? Um, a lot of people online. I've been talking with them a lot. the 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 leading thing is that it's going to be 1989 because that'd be a three year jump. That would put all the kids in senior year of high school, which would match their current ages. Like they look more believable seniors, right? Um, and then we get to like on the cusp of the nineties, that would be a really cool, or they could even go all the way into the nineties and change the whole vibe of the show, which as a nineties kid, I would personally love, like if we got some like Pearl jam in the background instead of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, instead of Duran Duran, that'd be great. I would pass the trivia questions. Don't you're just trying to make up for the way you did in the trivia. They don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. If Sorry, I, lo- I lost our trivia game too. It's okay. There's always a music section of our stranger things trivia. And I do appallingly bad. Like there was a Cindy Lauper question and I thought, I thought it was a dude. Like, I don't even know who that is. So I'm right there. There you me. go. Ha ha. We should play with them. <laughs> I'll be smart. Um, the listeners are throwing their phones. Once again. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. y'all. I've never heard that name. Yeah, we, get, we get a lot of emails. Um, so yeah. What do you think about the Now that you know about the time jump, what are you thinking about what that might look like? Change. Well, the whole I, w- in- I would say the time jump might work with college because all the, all the actors, they're going to be 17, 18, 19 years old from the original right now. The original mm-hmm. kids. And so if yeah. they wait like um, two years to start filming, they'll all look old enough where they'll look like college um, students. I feel like and they I think look that, like it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, I feel like they could even pull it off now. Um, the storytelling devices could be a little bit more mature. Uh, with Instead of kid problems that they're still dealing with and like teenage problems, it could be more adult problems. And I think that might add a new – inject really interesting storytelling elements into – uh, a new season if they're all adults. I yeah, think it'll be interesting. Plus, you know, the 80s, you know, everything happens in cycles and everything comes back. The 80s have been so hot, not just because of Stranger Things and, and in Stranger Things, but also in other movies and TV, music, the whole synth sound's been back for like the last five years. And I think that the 90s have been like having a little emergence as well. So I think culturally, pop culture wise, a fresh decade of harkening back to the 90s would be beneficial to the aesthetic of the show, the look of the show. And I think it would be a lot more fun. And it obviously is going to help explain. Not that like we haven't seen high school I movies where, where 25-year-old pe- old pe- actors play high school students. We've seen that a million times. But they're yeah. supposed to be, what, freshmen, juniors <laughs> and stuff like that. So, I mean, in a sophomore. So it doesn't completely work. I think a time jump would be really cool. Whether J- are, are they going to do- just walks in like, "Hello, fellow kids, I'm a college student." <laughs> They're not doing it with time travel, right? They're doing it just like two, yeah, just three like years year, later. Years, years have later, passed. yeah. So, because yeah, that leads more into the idea of somebody dying. Like you can yeah. kind of have a dark night of the soul and uh, have them live with the repercussions of some massive failure that's going to have to happen at the end of season four to lead them to kind of regroup and uh, deal with the issue in season five. But speaking of like actors uh, playing the high schoolers wrong, man, I just rewatched Grease the other day. I don't know if you guys have gone back <laughs> yeah. that anytime Travolta's recently. Travolta's like 76 in that movie. Dude, dude <laughs> people are so old in that show. It's this he dude's not like got a five o'clock shadow. He's like 38 and he's supposed to, he's, he's like, you got any girls for me? It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, not a good look. <laughs> Not a good look for sure. So are there any like specific like cultural references, either late 80s or early 90s that you think that like really ought to be a touching stone for well, uh, I, skateboarding is going to be in there because that was that blew up in the 90s. Yeah, that was, that was enormous. Nir- and then grunge rock, th- Nirvana, grunge rock, yeah. Thundercats for sure. Yeah, but they're not kids anymore. Yeah, but Thundercats were still cool to teenagers. <laughs> yeah, they were still big in pop culture and there's younger characters. Uh, yeah, Schwarzenegger. They're nerds, so they're still they need to, be, they need to be watching Commando. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Schwarzenegger uh, and Stallone. When did Scream Nickel- come out? When did Scream come out? Like 1996. I was late 90s, dang. Um, well, what, like, so like uh, Nickelodeon was starting to get enormous too at the time, so I'm sure Nickelodeon references would be in there. Get some Reptar hats on Dustin's head. <laughs> yeah. so they're all going to be on Wild and Crazy Kids. And, uh, <laughs> don't dare. They're going to compete on Guts. Somebody's yeah, getting like, slimed for sure. Legends yeah, of the yeah Hidden someone's getting slimed. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, if there's a Legends of the Hidden Temple in Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, just, Silence of the Lambs, maybe Pulp Fiction, yeah. Jurassic Park, those Tarantino are early references. 90s. So, like, but also the also the fashion of like lots of jeans and Converse's. Acid wash, flannel, jeans. Flannel, flannel shirts. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've still got yeah. my flannel. Yeah. Well, they, Windbreakers. They should, do, 
they should do an Edward Scissorhand reference. I mean, you get the oh, yeah. Ron, Winona Ryder crossover just there. That would be like very meta. Perfect. Yep. Well, I'm looking at the movies. If they do 1989, which I do think there's a strong argument that they'll do high, a senior year in high school because it's it's a huge jump, but it's also not too far removed from what we're used to. And I think that's the safest play. Um, there's a ton of movies because they always Batman. pull from movies that have come out that year. Exactly. Yeah. Batman, mm-hmm. uh, Do the Right Thing, Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 2. What's some good ones that would work really well with Stranger? The Abyss. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This would be great. That's probably going to be a huge one. Um, Roadhouse, just throwing that out there. It's, it's just Dustin, like, wheelhouse kicking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Murray. That would make too much sense, yeah. Uh, Major League. I just rewatched that the other day. We get a little Classic. Charlie Sheen action. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> driving Miss Daisy. Hopefully, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Pet Cemetery. That'd be oh, a good one. Okay. Oh yeah, that is a good. One. Okay, I get it now. Mike dies. They bury him yeah. in the cemetery. He comes back as a little zombie <laughs> asshole, Mike. And, I mean, and nobody even knows anything's different. You just want him to suffer. We haven't had zombies yet, technically, right? So yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah, no zombies. We've had like visions of dead folk like dead billy yeah. coming back a lot the indians just use it till the ground went south <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, go down that road. don't go up that road don't go down that road so other than mike other than mike we feel very strongly against ted wheeler here on the show except for andy i I, I, I sh- Andy's very much the Ted of the show. <laughs> I, I just want him to, he hadn't done nothing wrong is all I'm saying about Ted. <laughs> That's fair. And, and he, I, I feel like there's an opportunity for him to maybe someday have like his, his hero moment, his moment in the sun. He can be the Bob Newby 2.0 is all I'm saying. You can't compare Ted to Bob Newby with a straight face. Bob Newby is a superhero, Andy. Ted Wheeler sucks. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when you have Samwise in the in the show, he's such a hero. But Ted Wheeler, it's like he was kind of just like protecting himself and all the decisions he kind of made. You could say, yeah, yeah, he's he's a he's a damn coward. And I tell you what, he did yeah. wrong, Andy. Here's what he did wrong. He made a, a a grievous mistake. He took Karen Wheeler and put her in a cage. Put her in a cage. He put baby in a corner. Baby She's Holly. an amazing woman, and yet, and but it's a loveless marriage. She deserves better. That's all I've ever been saying. She, she right? deserves Hopper. He's a he decent is, father he, to, buy, he, to he, Baby Holly. I feel like he used to be funnier, but season four, he's just kind of been super annoying. Which I guess a lot of dads that have uh, teenage kids probably are. Well, the cool dynamic that they have going now, Steve always points it out, is that Dustin's always there to like call Ted out on his shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like he's taking that mantle on and be like, "Who the fuck asked Ted? What's going on right now?" And <laughs> I do like what they've done in the in the latter half of part one and season four, which was kind of get the parents involved, where they kind of had the parents of all the kids grouping up together and having their own kind of quasi adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope they kind of continue with that in some way because I liked. I don't know. There's something about having the parents get together and, you know, playing off each other because you, you get more of those actors, A, because a lot of those actors are like in minor parts, but they're great in their minor parts. Like, like we shit on Ted, but that dude is like crushing it, right? Yeah. He's doing such a great job. <laughs> he does job a great job. Role. He does a great job. Yeah. And it's it's great to have him actively working with Karen uh, in a scene where it's not just her. You're like, what did I do? It's just, <laughs> it's more than that. It's them working together. And I'm really excited to see if they continue that going in part two. If, and then and, and you get the team of like team parents and team kids meet up together and they have, you know, they have to solve the problem together as a one giant familiar, familial bond. Yeah, I totally. think the parents need to find out what's going on. They finally need to do, besides just a couple of the main ones, they all, all need, learn about the upside down. They all need down. to know what's exactly going on. It's kind of well, like that show Dark, if you guys have seen that on Netflix, where yeah. everyone slowly starts to learn what's going on in the small town. But I think everyone needs to under, understand what's happening. Yeah, that's one thing Andy pointed out, was that uh, I think they're going to, he said, the cat needs the cat needs to come out of the bag. Uh, James, real. you were saying early on about like uh, your love for season one and how it's very Spiel, Spielbergian uh, and it's like kids dealing with the supernatural stuff. And you that that is great and works a lot better in a movie format. But when you have this ongoing secret for so long, it's like how long can you really keep it a secret? Right now, it's just the town, also known as hell, where like <laughs> yeah. you you go to Hawkins and like something fucked up's gonna happen and they're gonna they're gonna push it under the rug and somehow nobody's any the wiser and something has to change about that except for these brilliant kids Meddling yeah, I also kids, I, I, I think it, I think uh, an interesting story device is to have maybe character a character or characters who enter Hawkins trying to figure out what's going on I feel like that's something that 
hasn't really been addressed. And I've, there are people who would be like interested in trying to solve the problem of all these mysteries, like a mystery hunter or something. Like in Area 51 yeah. last year, yeah. where everyone was going to like Naruto run into the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, conspiracy, <laughs> like a conspiracy theorist. I forgot I be... about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Until the government thing. came out like, we're going to shoot you. Just to be clear. <laughs> they were like, yeah, no one's doing anything. We're just here to hang out. But yeah. um, I think you're right. They're probably, even though there's no social media or internet, people would still hear no news stories. Like, yeah. stuff's going on in this town. Well, we got a, a few more questions. And I know he's he's pressed for time. He does drop in from time to time. Uh, but I wanted to allow Dr. Brenner. He really wanted to talk. He's a big fan of Raiders of the Lost podcast. He's, had, he's got a few questions for you guys. Dr. Brenner. Thanks, doctor. Thank you for coming in. Take it away. I'm so excited to be here with my boys, James and Anthony. How are you doing? It's an honor, Doctor. We're doing doing really well. We're loving your work so far. Oh, please, please. The the honor is mine. Uh, I have first. I have a question. Um, With you being twins and all, I was really hoping I could use you for maybe I don't know an experiment or two. I need a. I you know I need a constant, a reliable constant, and then I can experiment on the other ones. You can decide See, yeah. between yourselves. Well, you have a you have a clean track record. I so. say you go with Anthony first, <laughs> then I'll come in for the second round after you get everything worked out. You know, get the kinks mm. out on him, and then I'm happy to stand in. <laughs> he does have many kinks. I love your bravery. <laughs> Thank but you I so much, Doctor. My, my next question, though, is I love children. I think everyone knows that about me. I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, A, this is a two-parter. <laughs> a, numbers one through 11, which one is your favorite and why? And it better not be fucking eight. <laughs> I'm going I'm going. one's my favorite. I think it ended up being a great surprising character in this season. With uh with Vecta being number one, and also being the first subject of of yours, which went a little awry, uh, but I think it's a it's a great addition to the cast, and Vecna is a great villain. I love how the idea that these kids could end up being monsters now in these later seasons. So I think it was really fun. I I'm going with eleven. Eleven's your maybe probably your greatest experiment so far, and I can't wait to see the when she goes super sane after she's like <laughs> she's hiding something deep, deep down. You know she's been training in that hyperbolic time chamber. It feels like she's she's gonna come out stronger than ever. So I can't wait to see what you've created with eleven. Well, actually, that's Dr. Brenner. Just that's just his hot tub, and he put TVs in there. <laughs> that's what Nina is. Yeah. The Nina, yeah. I'm, on, I'm honestly surprised none of you said ten because he's such a sweet boy. <laughs> that's true. I miss him so much. <laughs> My next question for you is: Do you guys ever share girls? <laughs> Funny you ask that. Funny you ask. Every that. time. <laughs> Every time. We only have one social media. It's just one person. (laughs) They don't even know we're twins. (laughs) I would use that to my advantage if I could. Reach across the screen and high five me. (laughs) I got you, buddy. Thank you. I'm going to go back and do a crossword puzzle. It was nice meeting you all. (laughs) Thanks. Take care, doctor. doctor. Take care, doctor. Thanks, Dr. Brenner. It's always a pleasure. Bye. Goodbye. It's always a pleasure when that creep stops in. I mean, man stops in. Uh, Thank you so much for entertaining that. So what do you guys have? There's so many theories out there, some of them very bad, right? Uh, What do you where do you expect this show to go? You can keep it just for volume two, I guess. Um, There's still more mystery to be solved, right? Like, why is the upside down frozen? Has obviously something to do with the gate opening with Will being in there. I've seen a lot of iffy fan theories uh, that bother me a little bit about, you know, is Will responsible for the Upside Down the way that it is? Did did uh, did one create the Upside Down, or do you agree with Dustin's summation that the Mind Flayer is like this Lovecraftian demon, and Vecna is merely his, like, Darth Vader? Um, I think we'll get, like, uh, Emperor Palpatine kind of vibe with the Mind Flayer by the end of Volume 2. I think we'll mm-hmm. get... I think Vecna will probably be, be defeated, and then we'll get the real big bad of the entire story that will have to be addressed for season five. Yeah, I mean, we're still curious. What is the upside down? How long has it been there? I mean, Dustin's like, I could even see it being there as long as before the dinosaurs and stuff like that. So I'm curious. Right. What exactly is the upside down? How long has it been there for? We don't know. Vecna obviously has only been there for a hot minute, but he's clearly a powerful being there. And whoever is really fully in control of the upside down 
I'm sure we'll find out who that is at the end of the season. And I'm guessing the events of season one froze the upside down, which which is why it's still frozen in that time period. Maybe the events of that season froze the time from passing in that uh, in that realm. And I still think there's some sort of connection between Eleven and the Upside Down that we haven't learned yet. Maybe that's the source of their powers, it seems to be. And even though she accidentally started opening it up, it was there before. So I'm just really curious. In terms of predictions, I think that obviously I think Eleven's going to come back. She's going to get her powers, be more powerful than ever before. Tapping Big into the ba- power of love. Exactly. Yeah. Big battle versus Vecna. I think that showdown will be really cool. Hopefully it's just like one big battle rather than drawing it out too much. I, I want to see like one big final showdown between them two because, you know, Vecna's probably been waiting for Eleven and Eleven is going to finally find out who Vecna is. And it's clear that Vecna's been around every season because we've had images of clock. We've had sounds of clocks in all the other seasons. Yeah, I was going to ask so, you, what you, what you guys thought about that kind of retconning? At least that's what I think it is. Um, it's... That Vecna so like, was the one that took Will and not a Demogorgon and all this well, stuff. Right? Well, that's happened with every season. They've changed things. Like, they abandoned the entire sister plot thread and that crew of people in, what, Chicago. I think that the Duffer brothers are always listening to the fans. And if things aren't, don't go a certain way and if people don't react well to things, they're willing to adjust things. And this is an example of, <clears throat> excuse me, they have a new villain, so they're trying to weave him into the past. I'm not always a fan of that, but I think it's... It's subtle enough where it's it's basically working. Um, you know, something that a uh, uh, franchise that pulled it off horribly is the new Bond franchise, having Blofeld as the overall villain of the all of the Craig movies by Spectre. I think that was really dumb. Like I've been behind all of these movies. That didn't really work, but I think yeah. Vecna is done a little less intrusively. Yeah, it's I wonder if if they did they plan Vecna the whole time or they just like what's a common thing that happened in all the seasons so far we've had the clock and the music have they been right. planning it maybe we're gonna have a big baddie eventually but like we'll throw this into plan for that who knows how long they've been planning Vecna I think Vecna's a really cool character I think it's I think I it's smart to have a human element to the villain versus it just being a giant monster I think that's I think really he's great the for most the story. compelling villain that they've ever had. And they have this Best gold villain, mine yeah. with like this tortured figure, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'd be sad to see it go. At, I would hate to see Vecna be completely defeated by the end of season four. And then we just deal with more like malevolent, vague evil in season five. I think that's Me, way less angry interesting. Angry clouds. Yeah. Just, <laughs> angry clouds. Right? Blue. It makes me want more humanoid villains in the Upside yes. Down. You know, I'm craving more of them because Vecna's really cool. I'm like, oh, what if they were different ones besides him? Different versions. Yeah, that's when wizard. the trailer first dropped for the volume one. When I saw that the villain could speak and was like intelligent, I was like, oh, great. It's a monster, but he's an intelligent monster who can communicate that's something that they hadn't had before it was always just yes. like a mindless monster that they had to stop so i thought that was a, a great improvement on the antagonist thing they had going on with each season to have an intelligent being be the villain and <clears throat> yes billy's mind was possessed in the last season but it was like you didn't see the mind flare and so i think having an, a villain in person that can communicate with whoever's in the room with them i think was a smart decision i agree I agree for sure. Um, I think it's uh, it's going to be an interesting how they how they pull it off, and it's 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 important to note too that part of the reason I think there's many reasons that they split it into two volumes, um, but they had said that we're also still working on it. And we want to get this out as fast as possible to you guys. So they've they've been tinkering away at the last two episodes the entire time that we've been receiving this and watching it. And so, like you said, they do respond to kind of like the whole justice for Barb thing turned into a giant plot thread that's been three seasons long about Nancy's guilt over Barb. I don't think that existed in their minds at all until they realized like, damn, everybody's really sad about Barb. We didn't fucking, yeah, yeah. we don't even know who Barb is. Which, yeah, which one was which Barb? One was Barb? <laughs> uh, I forgot Barb, her name Barb when Newby? I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, they do respond a lot to to people's uh, criticisms and, and thoughts. And um, a lot of people really think that Vecna, you know, people love Vecna. And I think that um, there's even a, plan, uh, a fan theory about the guidance counselor being involved somehow. I saw that. Yeah. Vecna. Well, she has a, a like necklace a little... and there's a clock on it. Yeah. Which I think I'm I'm saying she's not Benelli- a villain, but maybe Vecna possessed her first and then she had access to all the troubled kids. I like the idea that there would be a cult because uh, that's the D&D lore that there would be like a human sect of people that that 
know of Vecna's existence and kind of worship him or support him. And that she would be, I like that idea. That'd be kind of neat. And we'd have mm-hmm. a bunch more human villains, you know, stuff for the other guys to do while, while Eleven's like doing superhero shit. <laughs> I will say one thing that I hope doesn't happen is that the final showdown between Eleven and Vecna, which is going to happen. I hope it's not just them pointing their palms at each other and just mm-hmm. us understanding that there's like psych- psychic forces going on. I want to see maybe something more physical, um, like uh, Voldemort for ha- first Harry Potter, you can actually see what's going on. Whatever if they had doing. a Patronus, <clears throat> yeah, exactly, or, or Expelliarmus. But to actually see things happening instead Eleven, of them just when did you get a Patronus? Because <laughs> their their showdown in the hospital at the end of, C- of Volume One was great, but again, it's just pointing hands at each other. So I, I hope there's more tangibility to the final confrontation. He wants a Kamehameha. Yeah, wave I want a Kamehameha, Kamehameha wave. Yeah. You, you want Eleven beating some ass? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I want him to bash his brains in. <laughs> what if she just shot him with a large rifle? And that That's would all it took, guys. Everyone. That was easy. Did anyone try bullets? <laughs> <laughs> well, I accidentally put Terminator 2 on in Nina, and well, she's like this now. Have you guys heard of this movie, Terminator 2? <laughs> At first I was like, well, I haven't seen the first, I'm going to be lost, but I really wasn't. <laughs> Has anyone checked in on John Connor? He seems very important. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and sharing our love of, of Stranger Things with us very much. Thanks um, for having be- us. Before we go, I want to give you one last. Where can people find more of your work before we read the Mad Lib? So Raiders of the Lost Podcast, we're on every audio platform, Spotify, Apple. We're on YouTube. The full video versions of our podcasts are on there as well. We are on TikTok, Raiders of the Lost Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, find us everywhere just type us into google or any of those platforms you will find us we post episodes four or five times a week as well as content all goddamn day so we're all over the place <laughs> yeah just fucking google it as they said come yeah, on don't yeah. be lazy listeners you know how don't to find lazy. us yeah. <laughs> awesome well let's see what mad lib you guys created so excited let's hear it okay gentlemen this is the story that you helped create called will the wises campaign guide It is I, Will the Juicy. (laughs) My gift to thee, wisdom to assist you on your journey. Wow, solder your destiny. (laughs) Number one, establish an unscrupulous party. A scooter is nothing without their loyal party. Proclaim a rule of baseball bat. Something colorful yet simple, like sheep don't lie. And all will be smooth, perish shooting ahead (laughs) number two look within to find your hot character (laughs) let your imagination sear wild maybe you're a wizard a rug or an elf (laughs) (laughs) that's good who do you most desire to be in your pinky toe (laughs) number three Vespas are encouraged. (laughs) Always. Embrace the spirit of hockey rinks and zebras by suiting up as your character. Confetti ears, cloaks, and shining lollipops will greatly assist your gameplay. And that concludes Will the Wise's campaign guide. Well done. That was hysterical. That was great. I tried my best not to laugh loud, but that was good. Very well done. Very well done. Again, thank you so much for joining our our podcast here. You guys are awesome. I love all that you do. Big fans of your work. And uh, hopefully we'll talk more once part two comes out. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, gentlemen. That was fun. You guys have a great evening. I will see you on the internet. I'm going to go Google Raiders of Love podcast right now. I've, I've, I've Googled it twice already. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, doctor. All right. You guys have a good night. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you once again to James and Anthony for stopping in to talk with little old streaming things about little old stranger things. You can find more of their work, as they said, by Googling it. Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Anywhere. They've got Twitters. They've got Patreons. They've got YouTubes. They've got TikToks. They've got MySpace, I assume. They've even got Tout. Yes. What is, what is that? that? It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a joke. They went over our heads. Uh, but those are awesome guys. I follow them very closely. And they got a lot of good stuff to say about TV and film. And very nice chaps. They will not share women. So 
Don't be asking them about that. Don't ask them about that. You know how we, our listeners are. We've answered. That question has been answered already. Yeah, yeah we, are, we dove in that water for you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so grateful that they stopped in. That was such a great conversation. We've got more fun stuff coming up before volume two of Stranger Things pops out. If if that's an idiom I can use. Absolutely. Pop! Pop! <laughs> My boys! Uh, we've got uh, the Patreon poll has been decided. So The Thing. From 1982, not 2011, is our Patreon movie of the month. So we're going to watch that soon and deep dive into all of the the things about the thing. And it's pretty great timing because it's actually the 40th anniversary of the thing this weekend. It's going to be released back into theaters. Yeah, this we're going to be streaming those things. So well, we, get, we get to watch it in the theaters. Yeah, we're not going to be streaming those things. No, no. No, no, no. But they're digital projectors now. So in a way, Andy, yeah. we're just streaming it on streaming big old screen into our eyeballs. That's yeah. true. Photons. What is streaming, guys? That's true. Let's, let's get, get into, let's get into a philosophical debate. Yeah. What is right it? at the end of this episode? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so look forward to that dropping on the Patreon only feed soon. And uh, also on the main feed in a couple of days, we're going to drop what we call crossing streams here on this show. So if you've just started listening to streaming things, when Stranger Things 4 came out, you won't know about this, but we do a little segment on our, our our Between Stranger Things episodes where we talk about things we've been streaming. So it could be three, four, five, six, seven, maybe dare I say eight different shows or movies we've been, uh, you know, looking at with our eyeballs and we can talk a little bit about each one. And maybe you didn't know it existed. Maybe you didn't know it was out yet. And it might just pique your interest. And get to check it out. So that'll be coming soon as well. Probably be about a half hour or so of just shooting the shit about different things we've been watching other than Stranger Things that you can check out. And it'll give you a little taste of what the show might look like occasionally without Stranger Things as well. Uh, But again, I can't stress this enough. Send us your feedback of things you'd like us to cover um, or, you know, ways that you'd like us to entertain you. You can just say dance, dance, boys, dance, and we'll do it. Steve's feet. Yeah. Yeah. Only fans, Steve's feet. Mm -hmm, Let's get mm -hmm, on it. mm -hmm. These nine pinkies need to go to market and only you can make that happen. That's true. That's true. One, I think, had roast beef. And one had none. (laughs) That's very sad. (laughs) That's very sad. That's a sad story. Uh, So, yeah, look forward to that. And again, consider subscribing to the Patreon if you want to hear us talk about the thing and other things. We'll be coming out with another poll here soon for people to swing on and uh, vote upon. To swing on? To dance upon. (laughs) Is that how you think voting works? Yeah, I, I think so. I swing one way (laughs) and then in four years, I swing another Yeah, swing voters who all use that accent. Uh, But so look forward to that and listen to our credits of all of our wonderful patrons as we lull you to sleep unless you're driving and just make sure to stay very alert. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't crash. (laughs) We got Lisa Frank giving a shout out to the end of this episode. Stay tuned. God, I'm so grateful she's stopping by. That's I'm so excited for that. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. This was Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. by popular demand. Everyone, it's me, Lisa Frank. Hi, Lisa. I'm hi, Christopher. Yeah, that's me. Andrew. Hi. Oh, it's so good to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Well, I'm here to read your Patreon subscribers. Oh, that's so nice of you. We're gonna give them shoutouts, and by sh- by the shoutouts, I'm gonna also paint them in my my mural that I'm making right here. Oh, that looks beautiful. I mean, it's just white right now, but it, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be you- a it's gonna be a multicolored wonderland. You're gonna paint that on my wall right now. Yep. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't ask permission. <laughs> well, it's Lisa Frank. We have to allow it. Okay, let's do this. Well, first up, thank you, Phil. I'm going to paint you as a turtle. Okay, hey, little turtle, Phil. <laughs> thank you, Carmelita. I'm going to paint you as a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Carrie. Guess what? Turtle time. <laughs> thank you to Enza. I'm going to make you a Belgian turtle. <laughs> What makes that a... Never mind. The shell looks like a Belgian waffle. Oh, okay. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. You're a turtle. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Jimmy. And thank you, Sarah. Guess what? You're a turtle family. (laughs) Thank you, E. Lopez. You're a turtle. (laughs) 
Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I'm making you sand. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. You know what Thomas should be? What? A turtle. Oh, that would be a perfect turtle. <laughs> Next up, we have Shay. Thank you so much, Shay. And to show my gratitude on behalf of streaming things, a turtle <laughs> named Shay. Thank you, Stephen V. The V stands for turtle. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, A. Wells. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you, Kimberly. You're a broken turtle family. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's a story behind that. It's really sad. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time to get into it because we also have to draw Andrew's turtle. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Robin. I like the bird Robin. I really like the idea of adding a bird to my painting. So, Robin, you're a turtle. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Jade. And you're all going to be jade-colored turtles. That's hard to say. <laughs> jade-colored turtles. I'm not even going to do it anymore. Next up, thank you so much, Mindy. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jocelyn. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but you know what I will pronounce right? You're all turtles. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Thank you, Amelia. Thank you, Katharina. Thank you, John and Jared. Guess what? Turtles? No, sand. We need more sand. <laughs> There's a true. lot of turtles. I'm going to break it up a little bit. Thank you, Orion. I'm just going to make you Orion's belt. You're the stars. That wow. just, that's low-hanging fruit. Thank you, Jacob. You're a turtle. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> You're also a turtle. Thank you, Marcus, 1850. You're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> An aquatic Th robot, right? Oh, no. It doesn't go well <laughs> for anything involved in here. <laughs> I'm Lisa Frank. Thank you. <laughs> We're, we're so good. This is beautiful. This is going well. Lisa the wall. There's so many turtles. First off. Thank you, Christopher. You know, you keep, you keep giving me a praise like that. And guess what? You're going to be a turtle. You got it, buddy. But first we have to thank Mike. who's also a turtle. Uh -huh. Thank you, lady Pris. And you know what? She can't be just a turtle guys. No, she's a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Cody. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Casey. All great turtle names. <laughs> Thank you, Cryptoholic. <laughs> You're a dolphin. Yeah. Cryptoholic the dolphin. And last but not least, thank you, Redacted. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. And thank you to Lisa Frank taking You're the time out of her day to come do this for us. Andy, this is permanent. <laughs> okay. Your all wall's right. going to be like, I hope it helps sell the house. You know what? I feel like it really brings the room together. It really does. Here's a trapper keeper. Bye.